We live in a day where sexual immorality runs rampant in our culture and often in the church. There's nothing new about this. It's been happening for millennia. Welcome to In the Bullpen, Up and Ready, a ministry of developing contenders. The call has come. You need to get up and ready now. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. While we can read about sexual immorality, both in pagan nations and among the people of God, from the Pentateuch throughout the entirety of Scripture and throughout history, What we do not read about anywhere in God's holy word is that he has no concern about sexual immorality. It's actually just the opposite. Throughout the revealed, inspired, inerrant, and infallible word of Yahweh, sexual immorality is denounced. One such passage is found in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 1-8. through Finally then, brethren, We request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion, like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Paul gives an exhortation to the believers in Thessalonica. They were walking faithfully in the Lord, and he acknowledged that that was so. But he wanted them to excel still more, to walk and please God even further, to be made more holy, sanctified, set apart. He addressed one specific area of sanctification in our passage, He called them to be set apart from sexual immorality. The word that he uses is porneia. That includes adultery, fornication, and all other sexual immorality. Sexual morality is a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, and the two become one flesh. Everything outside of that is sexual immorality. The Gentiles, unbelievers, pursue lustful passion because they don't know God. But those called by God, those united to Christ by faith, must not act in such a manner. It's possible that many of the believers in Thessalonica had been saved out of such a lifestyle. And maybe they were struggling. Maybe they were considering returning to the sexually immoral lifestyle. But Paul says, absolutely not. Sexual sin dishonors the Lord, and it devastates people. Not just those who engage in it, 
but friends, family, communities, churches, cultures, nations. Paul makes clear in verse 2 that he is writing not in his own authority, but by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thus, to reject his instruction is not to reject man, but God. We live in a culture that has an ever-present climate of sexual immorality. And sadly, we see it far too often, even in the church. But as I said, there's nothing new about this. What is unusual in our day is how many people, not only in society, but in the church, and not only in the church, but so-called leaders of the church, so many people who don't seem to care, or they make excuses for sexual immorality, or even make arguments why it's really not that bad. This is to heap evil upon evil. Do not tell such lies, and don't buy into this lie. For this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Get your eyes up, fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and be ready to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. 